All right. So, hey, before we jump in, I got to give it up to our show sponsors here for a moment. Uh, today's episode is jointly brought to you by Jobber as well as Nice Job. Um, Jobber is really the brain of our home service business and helps us with everything from scheduling to invoicing to quoting. Uh, it's really a one-stop shop so that we can stay organized and know what we are doing on a day-to-day -day basis within the business. Uh, and then Nice Job works great because we're able to put those precious, precious five-star reviews on autopilot. You guys know me. I'm all about having a system for everything uh, and having Nice Job able to generate those reviews on Google on the regular has been a game changer for us as well. So you can go to the show notes here and check out Jobber, check out Nice Job. Um, you'll save some money on both of them and you can really take your home service business to the next level this season. So I hope you enjoy this episode coming up because it's full of gold nuggets and we'll talk to you guys soon. Welcome to the Home Service Business Coach Podcast with your host, David Mowerman. You will learn to grow your home service business and transition from being the technician in your business to being the CEO and leading your team to success. Get a front row seat where you will get practical advice from industry experts on how you can level up your home service business. Get ready to take some notes because we're going to jump right into it here. All right, what's up everybody? It's Dave Mormon coming back. Uh, I'm back for another hot seat with uh, Landon. He's got me on the hot seat. He is pulling out a topic from the hat. And so I'm gonna let him introduce our episode today. And uh, he's gonna fire me over a handful of questions. And the reason we do this podcast is to try give you some free value. My goal is that you turn this off in 20 minutes to 25 minutes and you've got at least one gold nugget that you can chew on and implement into your business. So we're gonna keep it practical today. Uh, Landon, you've got the mic, man. Tell us, tell the listeners what the heck we're talking about today. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Good to be here as always. So I just randomly pulled it off the hat and with everything going on, everything that has happened, I think we need to talk about how do you develop resilience as an entrepreneur? Because we all know you're gonna get punched and kicked in the teeth too many times to count. And it's not a matter of if you stay, it's a matter of if you stay down or you continue to rise up. So Dave, let's talk about how to develop resilience as an entrepreneur. Let's do it, man. I was going to joke and say, I don't know what you're talking about. I thought business was all sunshine, lollipops, <laughs> and rainbows. I don't know how many times you've heard it, but we need to reiterate it again here and sound cliche because it's just the truth. You know, cliches are usually truth. Um, so We'll, yeah. we'll dive in. We'll dive into the first question here. So, really practically, we you know we said we're going to do it practically. What can you do, Dave, to become more resilient? You know, what can you practically do to be more resilient? Yeah, hundred percent. So I'll kick this off, and I've mentioned this before to our to our students inside the program. But um, you know, you're going to be remembered for what you refuse to give up on in life, right? And I think business is no exception to really anything any other areas of life, whether that's health, finances, relationship, a goal that you're striving towards. Um, business, if you've been in business, I would say more than 45 days, you're going to run into some snafus where you're like talking to your spouse, your partner, your buddies. Wow, this is really, really difficult. And I think this stuff doesn't get talked about enough. So I'm glad we can 
shine a spotlight on this and and dive into resilience and just how important it is. So, you know, I think to set the context to been doing this now 14 years, um, running my own businesses and there's been, there's been tough months. There's been really good months and same with tough years and good years, but overall it's totally 100% worth the fight. So I think you need to know that there's going to be, I don't even like calling them problems. I like calling them, you know, opportunities and things where we can actually fix. And, you know, I heard, a, I, I heard this little short story. I'll just share it. Um, Tony Robbins at his events, he says, um, you know, who likes surprises, right? And uh, the whole crowd puts up their hand. Oh, I love surprises. I love surprises. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, no, you don't. He's, he's like, you love surprises when it's good news, right? Oh, I got a check in the mail. I booked a big job. I got this great. Oh, I'm surprised. It's so fun. Pro he says problems are just dressed up as surprises. And he's like, people hate problems, <laughs> right? They're like, oh, so he's like, yep. literally, change your brain to find ways that problems are opportunities. And so for me, there's, there's not a single day in any of my companies where something doesn't go wrong, right? Whether that is a scratched window, um, the guys backed up the truck into something, our material costs went up on something, client is upset, employee no-shows. I could do a whole episode just on crap that can happen running a business, but I think you need to recognize how resilience, how important it is and how it will actually directly, I think, impact whether you find success in your business or don't, right? And you're listening to this because you're smart, you want to grow your business, you want to get ahead, awesome. 80% um, of service business owners are going to fail in the first five years. And by fail, I mean, like not even make it to their birthday with their business. And I think people underestimate the journey. Um, because it is an incredibly difficult. So that's just some background, but you know, the question landed. So practically, how do you build resilience? I think, um, I honestly think a lot of this is done like ahead of time in, in your childhood and upbringing and not to get too mm. deep here, but a famous quote that um, my dad would drill into my head as he raised me was um, first we do the work, then we have the fun. And it was like, I grew up in Southern Ontario, like, you know, feeding chickens when I'm eight years old at, you know, five 30 in the morning, like you can't make this stuff up right in the snow. Yeah. And it's like, I was taught, David, you don't live life according to your feelings and we do the work first and then we have the fun. And yeah. so fun for me was like going to school, right? It's like, Oh, you get to go to school <laughs> after. So it's like, but that same mentality of this um, kind of dig your heels and get it done don't live life according to your feelings that was drilled in from a child yeah. and now i just have no other way of operating that i don't even ask myself how i feel i ask myself what's on my calendar mm -hmm. and i just get it done so i think practically speaking i think a lot of the work has been already done and i do think as humans we can reprogram our brain 100 percent. but i think it's going to take that much extra work if you like you'll usually see a resilient person landon and you'll find like they win in their health they win in their relationship and they win in their business like rarely will you see someone do so good like incredibly healthy they own a business and they're like a terrible partner and a terrible business owner like yeah. generally those things are fairly ish dialed in for the for the successful entrepreneur so i think resilience you can you can learn it in different areas right are you 
getting that last rep in at the gym, like it sounds cliche, um, on your run, are you actually stopping when you feel that first bit of pain or actually telling yourself, my man, like you got this, like, let's make it a little bit further than we did yesterday. Same with business. You get that text message, someone quit. Well, what an opportunity for me to, to rebuild out my recruiting process, right? What an opportunity for me to figure out what I'm doing wrong as a business owner. So um, yeah, just, just a few things, man, to open up, just to think on here when we, when we discuss this topic of resilience. Yeah, it's, well, it's the biggest separator, you know, and I've repeated myself these couple of quotes over and over and over. The only known in life is the unknown and the only constant in life is change. Coming to that understanding that nothing is ever going to stay the same and surprises, the surprises Tony talks about are going to come up, but it's all in how, you know, life happens for us, not to us, these type of different things. And just that's how you look at it. If, again, a customer calls at you complaining. It's like, okay, what can I learn from this so that to prevent it in the future, build better systems, have a better business that translates into relationships, health, wellness, whatever it may be. So and it's a powerful thing to land. And I think when, like, imagine when you finish in the gym and you lifted your heaviest or you ran a little further, like you come home and you just feel like Superman or Superwoman, yep. right? Like I just dove into my greatness and now I'm back into the next thing. And it's just this, like, it, it's this flywheel effect. And I think like life is all about a flywheel and this compounding effect of just a little deposit in the bank account of 50 cents every day, every day, every day. And it's like, it's those non-sexy things. They don't yes. look good on Facebook, but that's the thing that actually reveals a successful business. So like people message me every single week, what is one gold nugget to grow my business? And I'm like, that is the wrong question to be asking, right? <laughs> you should be asking like, what are the small things that, you know, tend to slip away that I should be focused on? And I think we obsess over like, what should be on our to-do list this week? And it should actually be like, what should be on our to not do list? And how can we actually redirect our time? And that, so I think resilience is like anything, it will build on itself. Uh, you don't just go to the gym and become fit overnight. The same with business. You don't become resilient, um, you know, overnight. And so I think there's things you can do to, to practice your skill set. But I'd say if you want to become more gritty in business, like go get more gritty personally, go, go, you know, to the gym and push yourself a little bit more. Like if you're coming out of the gym and you can just go to your next appointment without any deodorant or a shower, like you're probably not pushing yourself like hard enough. So I think yep. in business, we have too many entrepreneurs that number one, you uh, underestimate like just how difficult this journey is going to be. It's like you're saddling up for the most epic hike and you're showing up like in your flip flops with like one, you know, water bottle. It's like, okay, you're going to be completely demolished that's why landing in vancouver the grouse grind quarter marker is actually not at a quarter it's more like a third because the guys the girls who built the trail literally said we want to scare people so they actually turn around and they're like this is crazy hard so let's yeah. just put it put the barrier a little bit further so um yeah lot, lots goes into it but i'd say one mistake people underestimate just the journey that that they're building and then number two i think they don't actually have the practical tools and the mindset 
to be able to cope with the ups and downs of business. And when I say ups and downs, like how about what gas is costing now? How about what groceries is costing now? How about changing government policies? How about um, you know the the labor shortage? Uh, how about softening housing market? Like there's just always external factors that I think you need to um, not rely on in your mindset. And you just need to be like, look, um, you know what? It's, it's me and my business. I've committed to this. I'm going to put the time in. And um, what does Gary Vee say too, right? If you get high from people's cheering, you're going to be crushed by their booing. So it's like yes. you're posting on social today. If I get 70 likes or one like from my grandma, um, does not change the the uh, outcome, the output that I'll be putting in the next whoa, day. Whoa. Stuff like that. That is that is a that is a golden nugget, people. So rewind and listen to that. Seventy versus one, like it does not matter. It doesn't change who I am and how I feel about myself. That ties into my business. Wow, people, come on, give it up. That was that was gold right there. Well, I think two, two men, it translates directly into marketing, right? I'll be working with uh, members inside our program and they'll say, hey, this isn't working for me, right? It's like, okay, well, did you deliver 50 flyers or did you deliver 5,000 flyers over the course of 21 days and get no return? So yeah. I think a lot of times we think our output will just be given to us based on our like input that we put in, we think is good, but it's like, literally give your head a shake if you want to get one lead and you're choosing to go with a flyer drop off you got to put out a thousand like I used to put out 100 flyers for painting and I could get a lead then it was 500 I think now it's a thousand like it's just getting worse and worse and worse so it's not an amazing great cost effective way to market your business yes it works but you got to go put out a thousand to get that one call Personally, if I'm good with people, I would go rather knock on 11 to 14 doors and go get one lead. So yes. there's just different ways you can think about, but I think we underestimate the inputs needed to, to create that output that we're looking for. Absolutely. And I think to kind of add in as a bolt-on, resilience in the mundane, because as much as all these new things are flying at you, it's kind of just clocking in, clocking out. You do the same thing day in, in day out, it's almost a little bit of it. You've got to be slightly crazy to be successful. I heard this one guy say that. And it's and it's enjoying that monotony of just day in, day out, day in, day out. And that takes a massive amount of resilience because it's it's easy to go, let's use working out. It's easy to go work out for week one, expand that six months, expand that a year. And yes, you can change all these different things, but at the end of the day, you have to be resilient in order to stick to anything. You know, dating your wife, Dave. Uh, you know, you guys are going out a couple dates, you know, she probably, you know, you had to, you had to work around some things, you know, she's playing hard together, whatever that may be. Um, but you had to stay resilient and consistent and it applies to any aspect of life. So Dave, I want to move on. You mentioned um, resilience as a whole, but I would love to hear a personal practical example from within Revive. You know, what was the biggest point of resilience you've had to face thus far with uh, building your own home service company? Man, that's good. I thought we were going to rabbit trail on how I had to woo Alex. Maybe that's a whole nother uh, episode. <laughs> a whole nother episode. I was going to say, my little sister's friend uh, was at the golf course. We went to our drive, went to a driving range for one of our first dates, and and I had one of my little sister's friends like literally spying out on us. Oh no so we, way! We got out of there, 
And I was the big spender. We went to McDonald's for ice cream. And then I had another, <laughs> I had another friend at the McDonald's, like see us there. So it's just like kind of a, kind of a funny first date, but yeah, oh, it was kind of funny. I knew, I knew I had a good feeling when uh, my, my first date, I spent like $24. So I was like, Oh, this is a, this is a, this is a good sign. Um, but I yeah, it. I mean, practically man for revive and resilience i mean i guess the more the better question would be like where where do we begin but um let hmm. me let me try come up with a story here yeah i i have one like i would say just generally in the 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 people development like you it, we all know you need a team to grow a business but in the early days like i had this limited mindset where i have to hire you know, students from the local university to come and work because this is not uh, a place somebody could make a career, right? That was literally programmed in my brain back in 2017 or so. Um, talk about resilience and changing that mindset. I had to figure out a way, how can we actually dig our heels in, get enough work coming in for the whole year round? And where Lan and I live in Canada, gets really cold in the winter. So yep. I had to put on my thinking cap and say, hey, we can stay busy these months. Great with students. How are we going to figure out how to get this thing year round? I went on this one year journey and figured out how to get the business going year round. Um, we actually ended up adding on Christmas lights um, uh, two seasons later. I, I launched it actually a season later than I really wanted to. Um, we figured out how to get the business going year round. Uh, and today, uh, I have people at Revive who see this as their long-term career. So that resilience went over the course of a few years, but we moved the business from having, you know, a couple hundred clients to now well over like multiple thousands of clients all across our city. Um, so that is one high level example, I'd say of like resilience and it being, you know, extremely hard. Um, and it being, you know, um, having to dig your heels in and actually figure out how do we move from being a little seasonal business to a year round. So that's one high level. Um, let's get a little more practical, though. Um, I would say here, here's one. Um, I woke up early for a better course of a few years and I went to Starbucks every single day. Alex was a nurse, still is, was working shift work. Um, I would see her off at like 540, I think, in the morning. Um, I'd get in my Honda Civic, I'd drive to Starbucks, get one of these, a Grande Pike place, yeah, the best. Two, two sugars with a little bit of cream on the side, sit at the same table with the same computer, and I'd type up the same system, obviously not the same systems, but I wouldn't check email, I would literally say, okay, today I'm building out my job or CRM, I'm changing my services and products, I'm creating a custom email sequence that will go out uh, I'm prepping the social media post for the next month of May, like literally working on the business two hours every single morning, not excluding Saturdays. I was still there. So six days and Sundays totally off. So six days a week yeah. I was there. I honestly can't remember really skipping days. It was just routine. See Alex mm -hmm. off to work, mm -hmm. head to Starbucks, make the systems. And by 8.03, I'm usually getting my first phone call from the cruise, from a client, whatever, and boom, I'm in the business. So yep. that level of resilience, Dave, carve out two hours every single morning, 
get yourself there to the coffee shop. Those of you listening who have kids now, that's not practical. What would I do then? I would figure out a time, maybe midday, I would do Starbucks, be in airplane mode, or maybe late in the evening. Like you'll always justify a reason and say, oh, easy for this person to say whatever. Like I started Revive with $3,000, got a, a crappy Ryobi pressure washer and a van, but I, and I figured it out because I was resilient and I enjoyed I generally enjoyed a whole lot more hours than I did in growing the business. So it's like, you have to love the whole process as Landon's saying, um, if you're finding you're hating it week after week, after week, after week, don't get me wrong. There's some weeks I'm like, what are we even doing here? Um, but if that continues for say 14 weeks in a row, you might not have the chops cut out to actually like grow your own business. So um, yeah, those are kind of two, two more examples for you there. Love that. Love that. I think that again, to your point, if it's important enough, and you know, when I'm uh, on calls with people, I tell them this as well, look, like, I understand it's an investment. Uh, but like, at the end of the day, if you really are this committed, like you're telling me, you're going to move heaven and earth, because there's been people in $500,000 worth of debt, or have lost 10 people in their life in a matter of six months, and they've somehow been able to will themselves out and it comes down to resilience. So I uh, love that. So Dave, um, why is the failure rate uh, in business so high? Do you think it's a lack of knowledge, a lack of funds, laziness, or does it just simply come down to not being able to take the hits um, that come your way? Yeah, I think it's a few things, man. I think I mean, hits can knock people out of the game, but I would generally say what I see, it's not people getting one hit of like, oh, this bad thing happened. I'm literally closing my business. Like it's usually a culmination of like chipping away for months or years ahead of time. And then it's that last straw of like your team, you know, scratches all the glass at Mrs. Smith's house and it's going to be, you know, a, a, a $10,000 out of pocket expense. And that's where you're like, this is the dumbest thing. I'm, I'm shutting it down. Um, but generally what I think people underestimate, like I said, what goes into it, I think too, um, people severely underestimate the amount of marketing and promotion that you need to do to get the thing to have liftoff. You don't just make a Facebook page and have, you know, the jobs come trucking in, um, you know, for you to look at, <laughs> for you to look in the mirror and say, you don't need to knock on doors because my company's above that. And I don't like how that's perceived. Well, do you like having money? Do you like having jobs? Then you're going to yep. go knock on doors. Um, we just uh, brought back in revive um, our production manager who I was joking with him in the office the other day. I said, my man, I said, five years ago, you were with me in Clayton Heights a neighborhood here where I lived at the time. Uh, we were literally door knocking. I got, with my first investment for revive, I got like a thousand door hangers and I took this guy and we went and knocked on doors and we lit it up and we got leads and I quoted those leads and we got our first jobs. And then, you know, I got on a CRM and it's like all these things just start falling in place. So I think when you look at someone, Tony Robbins says this too, right? When you look at someone really successful, you need to dig under the level and say, and know like people get rewarded in public, what they've practiced for years in private. So yes. no one was messaging me, man, when I was knocking on thousands of doors uh, with, with my guy and, and no one's messaging me when I'm, you know, when the business is tough and you have, you know, four people on payroll and you don't have money in the bank account, like nobody's messaging then mm -hmm. people met people like 
the shock and awe. They love the business startup. You get the oldest shares then, but then it goes quiet. They love when you get in the news. Oh, bravo, amazing. But people don't want the bogged down details of the messy middle. Um, that's where you need, I think, mentorship and help um, as everybody does, myself included. So I think severely underestimating the journey, severely underestimating how much um, sales, marketing, promotion is needed. And then I, I honestly think, man, and we were talking about this on our call yesterday, um, if I could wave a magic wand, I would have every contractor across the country charge, you know, 10 to 100% more for their services, not because they're greedy SOBs, but because they actually have a budget and know the numbers of their business. So I'd say that's the third disqualifier is like the home service industry is just contractors providing underbid jobs for their services uh, where they're unable to actually scale a business. So I actually think we have a lot of uneducated homeowners in every market across the US and Canada that think this is expensive or this is cheap. They're just programmed with an owner operator providing a bid. Um, I think that's going to change where we're going to have larger companies now um, charge more for their services. And that's not even to say with inflation, how much everything's going up. So those would be kind of three things just off the rip, I think um, are, are big mistakes on the front end that, that cost business owners dearly. Ah, love it. I think so uh, as well. You know, it, there's nothing you're going to be, you know, you can control the controllables. What you can control, you can control what you do on a day in, day out basis. You can control how many doors you knock. You can control if you make those two hours to go to Starbucks. You can control all those things. There's inflation and everything that people are getting so hyped up about. It's a serious issue. I've never gone through it. I'm 24. I'm experiencing it firsthand. Um, but, you know, you can either stress about it or do the things that you can do. It comes down to resilience. So, Dave, we've talked about resilience. You've shared your your personal journey with it, both high level, practically, you've given some advice, you've touched on, you know, you're eight years old, I think, in Ontario, snow, feeding the chickens. You would, if, but let's say you grew up in kind of more of a cushier lifestyle. What are some resources you'd recommend on becoming more gritty and, and building your resilience? Or what would you recommend people do? Yeah, I mean, first off, like listening to podcasts like this, I think is great just to build into your mindset. I think I, I probably consume tens of thousands of hours of podcasts, not even joking. Um, so I think that that's a huge one. I think too, uh, an amazing book on this subject is literally called the book, I believe it's called Grit, Angela Duckworth. Uh yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like on literally what I'm saying way better, obviously, um, is saying how we're programmed as kids um, in our childhood to either have grit or not. And if you don't, yeah. it is extremely hard to learn. Um, and I think too many business owners, I think we make excuses to ourselves. We tell ourselves that will never work in our market. Um, Landon, if anyone knows this, it's you too. I was going to actually put you on the spot because you did a whole bunch of in-person quotes uh, with with Revive and talk yeah. about resilience. You could have told yourself any excuse in the world that I would I, I won't put words in your mouth, but I'd estimate the majority of the time we were the highest bid that you're trying to convey to the homeowner the value. So let me put you on the hot seat. Just talk to the listeners about resilience in the in-person sales consultant role. How how do you go about doing that? Yeah. So again, it, it started in before I even stepped on the clock, you know, before I got into the clock. So again, it had to be very routine, very regimented because I always had to prime my mind is what I call it, you know, whether that's 
getting up, reading uh, a book or affirmations or working out, whatever it may be for you. Um, so priming your mind. And Dave, there were so many days, the mundane, you know, we talked about this, you, you know, it's the same thing. Yeah, I'm quote, unquote, quote, and I already know the common objections, which is a blessing and a curse. You know exactly how to handle them, but also it takes a spontaneity out of it. Same in day in, day out. And I said, you know what? It was a conscious choice, Dave. No, it's BS for me. First and foremost, it's unfair to the company. It's unfair to Dave and it's unfair to myself and especially the client that I'm going. Every single client didn't matter if it was pouring rain, hot out, first appointment, 10 appointment, 10 days off, you're rusty or you're five days in a row. Does not matter. You present, you be the best they expect the best from you. So on a practical front, when a homeowner would say, Ooh, that's pricey. And I would say, exactly. I, you always on like real practical, that's a little tip, never bash your competition and, and always say, agree with the, the prospect. If it's pricey. Yeah. And then it, usually I would always get why, you know, it's, why are you so expensive? And I would list the reasons, whatever it is for your company. Um, and I would, the biggest one I would say too, is like a bit of resilience here too. Like, look, I've had clients too many in the past account. They hire 99 Bob the bucket as we call them. They hate the work. Um, and then they give us a call and we have to do it. So they end up spending way more money. And I would always end this is a peace of mind. So it's that like, yeah, it's framing it for the customer. If I'm getting really, really practical, on how it doesn't matter about the price. It's like way beyond price. Money you can make all the time. You cannot gain your peace of mind back with having a crappy service and a crappy experience. So yeah. you're constantly going to be, but it's like a muscle. You're constantly going to be no's, but every no leads to another yes. It's just kind of having this understanding yeah. only through like, you know, working again, working out is just so good yeah, for it, analogies. Well, but, you you found such good success though, too, man. So that I think we'll do another episode maybe where I flip the mic on you and we kind of get practical with some, some sales tips there, because yep. I think, I know I started to go into it, <laughs> but it, it's everybody who says, Oh, it's expensive, right? Well, it's num number one. That's all relative to what is expensive anyways. Yep. And, you know, the peace of mind, I think is huge. My buddy Craig with uh, his handyman franchise, he calls it a who's to blame factor. Right. And it's like, we are not going anywhere. We are here. This is not some seasonal startup with Dave and his buddies trying to make a quick buck. Like this is yep. a legitimate company. Do you go to Best Buy and buy, you know, a $1,500 TV and not get, you know, the warranty protection for whatever? A lot of people will go get that warranty protection. Me, I might not because I'm Dutch, but, um, you know, I think <laughs> at the end of the day, that, that peace of mind, especially too, I think, a bit of an older, not older, but a bit of a seasoned homeowner. I think that goes a long way of like, they are wise men. They, if you talk to 58 year old Bob who golfs at the country club, he's seen enough stuff in his company and his, his life managing his home where they've hired like a shyster contractor and he, he gets it. But yeah. to, you know, 34 year old Josh, who's maybe younger, maybe I'm talking to myself. It's just like, you're kind of like, um, maybe I'll roll the dice, give this person a chance. But I think you get burned once and you're like, you don't need someone like Landon to tell you, like kind of learn from your mistakes. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, it's expected in the job. The more you do it, the more you uh, experience those things, you're in, you know, you're able to think on them. 
so I, I, a mentor, a sales mentor taught me always have a massive vat of knowledge. So whatever the customer objection they throw at you, you can just pull and pull and pull. Well, how do you get this big, massive vat? Learning, application, and purely time through experience and getting hit, getting knocked down and learning from analyzing, learning from your mistakes. So, um, and that all comes down to going home. Not every day, you know, you didn't make a sale today. You didn't close a job. You didn't have a good job. You're going to feel like crap, but it's like, okay, in that moment, I can learn the most. And if I sold a hundred jobs and I just had a phenomenal day, I don't learn anything there. I learn everything from here. Yeah. I got a question for you, man. Cause we were just yeah. talking off, off camera. I actually have nine years on you. Right. So there's a lot of listeners here. They message me all the time. Dave, what's up with the younger generation? They don't want to work. They have no grit. When I was young, I was feeding chickens. I'm sounding like myself, but you've got a younger brother. You're, you know, mid 20s. So what is it about this generation? Is the generation less gritty or have we just gone about framing up our position or offering at our company the wrong way or bit of both? I just want you to kind of riff on that for a few minutes, kind of educate the listener, what's going through the minds of someone mid twenties? A bit of both 80, 20, 20%, the vision isn't sold correctly. 80% though, comes down to my generation. I do not know how many times, you know, they're I've, I've heard that. And I'm like, like, I totally get it. They're like, what do you mean? You're that age. And I'm like, all right, we'll just through the actions. So I think that People have been sold a false delusional reality is what I like to call it. It's life is easy. You sh you're entitled. Um, and it's through subliminal messaging and cues. Throw in social media, this absolute fire. You know, if success is a Lamborghini and a mansion. If you don't have those things, you are miserable. You're worthless. You're dumb. You're, sh you're nothing. So, but then again, I, you should just have that by 21 years old. And if you have to work for it, you know, you're just dumb and blah, 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 blah. So I, it's a, it's an absolute tragedy, but it, but I would always, the reason why I guess I'm the way I am is, is how I grew up as well. Dave, I grew up in a, you know, a, a, I guess a, a very turmoil environment. My parents divorced when I was young and, you know, I moved 16 times in my life uh, up until this point. But I would never change that because of this resilience and instilled in me. Now, some of the younger generation have not gone through that. No problem. But I think it's, I think it's just important, you know, exposing the young people in their life to just sports, you know, getting hit, getting knocked down, not, and just yeah. setting a realistic expectation. Things are not going to work on the first, fifth, or tenth time even. But yeah. you have a choice in life. You can either do and get knocked down. I'll, I'll end it with a quote. For a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again. I love that mm -hmm. scripture from Proverbs. I love that because it doesn't say rise an eighth time. It says rise again. It does not specify how many times you're going to get hit, but you rise continually, continually. Yeah. And I think that this younger generation um, isn't, but I wouldn't lose hope because all it takes is one guy to change a hundred. That's all it takes. So definitely they're out there. There's a lot of young hustlers. Um, but in your, in your home service business, sell the dream um, to them about that 20%. And then 80% of it is, is looking in places you would not expect to look and giving 
I know I was looked over so much in my life just from the initial rip. And in my mind, I'm like, you lost out. It yeah. fooled me more. So don't overlook and judge a book instantly by its cover. Just, you know, get to know them as an individual and they'll surprise you. Well, you got to get people in your door too, right? I think we we're really working through this, what we call a working interview in our, in our company. Like, you know, I think you want to create vision and dreams and career for people, but maybe they're working elsewhere and they kind of want to try it out. Bring them for a ride along for a day, man. How many people have we had in our company come through on a ride along? Hey, come see the job site, come in the office. We do like a working interview come hang out with our office manager for the day. We'll show you around on job or listen to the phones. Like I think a lot of people skip that step and they just like hire someone, throw them in crap, didn't work on to the next. Like I think just trying to negate kind of that turnover model, but actually think high level, what would a young person actually want? And I think that segues into like a hybrid role, right? We've got a number of really good technicians we've had where we've taught them office skills, sales skills. Yep. We've taught them management skills. Uh, you know, we we're growing them. Cause I want to, when I'm down the road, I want to be able to walk and see past painting employees, past revive employees and be able to see them in a better state than when they were, when they came to the company. So, um, you know, that's a whole nother chat, man, but I think yep, at, the end of the, at, at the end of the day, you've got to find that resilience as an entrepreneur. And, and that's just, I think to be, you know, whatever success is to you in life, you need to yep. have resilience, but I think you need to do a better job upholding promises to yourself uh, and just stop being so, so soft, right? If you commit something, that's why I put everything on my calendar, right? If it's on my calendar, I've made a commitment. Personally, I don't move stuff around or cancel or bail. You just, it's on the calendar, you show up and do it. Yep. So I think just yep. people can do a better job uh, as both we can as well in, in just honoring your commitments as well to yourself. Oh, keeping your promises you make to yourself ties into everything. And uh, that's where I'll can, leave there. Wow. Can you leave with that last quote one more time? Then, then we'll turn it off. I just want to hear that, that quote, use that good proverb again. We'll end on yep. that. Yep. So Proverbs 24, 16, if anybody's interested for a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again. It's that idea of Kaizen constant, never ending. You're in pursuit of something, knowing you'll never attain it. And that's where the beauty of life lies, never attaining, but constantly striving towards it. I love it, man. Well, we'll wrap up there, Landon. Have an incredible rest of your day. Thank you to our listeners tuning in and we'll see you guys uh, next Thursday for a new episode here on Home Service Business Coach. Thank you for listening to the episode today. If you want to get even more value from David, then book your free coaching call at homeservicebusinesscoach.com.